everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show, today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to ask you if this podcast is something that is um, really blessing you and ministering to you, would you please take a second and subscribe to it and also rate it? That really helps get the word out to other people and lets them know about this podcast, and maybe that will be a big help to them. It is certainly a big help to me for you to do that. So if you could just take a second and do that today, I would be so grateful. And also, if you want to contact us and share with us how this is impacting you, I would love to hear from you at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com. Email me there. Let me know what Jesus is doing in your life through this podcast. That is so encouraging to hear your testimonies and your stories of God's goodness and faithfulness as well. And if you want to catch any previous episodes of the show, maybe you're new to this podcast, you can go back to my website, carloswanigan.com, and we have all the previous Scandalous Grace episodes listed there as well. Plus, you can find out much more about this ministry. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you're listening. And now tune in as we head into today's podcast episode. Hey everybody, welcome to Scandalous Grace, where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I am so excited that you're joining us today. I am your host, Carla Swanigan, and today on the show, I'm very excited because we have Jill Talbot on the show with us today, and I'm super, super stoked that Jill is here. Jill oversees the prophetic sessions ministry here at Bethel and also teaches in the School of Supernatural Ministry. That's actually how I know you, Jill. Mm -hmm. Um, Jill teaches my city service, which is a class that I take every week, and it's just amazing. We're going to let Jill describe um, a lot about what that class is all about, shaping culture through the prophetic. And that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode. Welcome, Jill. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. So first off, I just want to say that um, when I came to school, the very first part of school, we're learning so much about identity and who God says we are. And even like for me, I was getting healing from like old things like heart wounds and just really cool stuff that I thought over my years even myself in ministry that God had already dealt with. Mm -hmm. And it's that whole um, analogy of the onion and the layers and all that kind of stuff. And I felt like he was doing more and more and more. And then city service started Mm -hmm. and I started coming to your class on Thursday mornings and it just blew my mind. I'm going to let you um, describe to our listeners a little bit about what shaping culture through the prophetic looks like. What is that all about? Okay. Well, it started It's basically based off of my life experience. Um, I grew up feeling every atmosphere that I went into. And um, there were times in my life where I couldn't go places because it was just overwhelming, the things that I felt in these places. Mm. And I ended up having to kind of um, restrict where I went and um, finally came to a place where I just hit the dark night of the soul and went through this two-year season of learning how to actually receive God's love, not just know about it as a knowledge Mm -hmm. and even as a belief, but actually as an experience. And it transformed my life in such a profound way that I thought, I know that we all need to experience this victory over our emotions, recognizing that they're not meant to torment us, but they're actually a weapon of warfare to change atmospheres. And so that's been a life, 
process for me, understanding all of what that looks like. And I'm still on this journey trying to discover and explore and have fun Mm -hmm. with the body um, of Christ, seeing what it looks like for us to partner together to bring the kingdom um, in a way that's just practical. So in the class, um, it is a class and it is a city service. And city service actually is a time of the week that um, students gather, go out into the city um, and bless the city. So I thought, oh, I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. And shaping culture through the prophetic, the the goal is to have an understanding by the end of the year, one, who you are in Christ outside of your gift, who you'll be forever when you get to heaven. Right. Not the things that you do for him, but who you are in his presence and actually believe with him and agree with him that you are are so significant and so completely loved outside of doing anything for him. That's so good. And then understanding the authority that he's given you as his son or daughter, that you're seated in heavenly places with him. And it's basically based off the mandate in Genesis 128 that we're to subdue the earth and we're to reign and rule. And, you know, I think in the past I would be like, who do we think we are to reign and rule? But the Lord's like... I've given you authority, and in my love, I want you to rule and reign. So I want you to influence Mm -hmm. the world around you. Because of your love experience with me, knowing who you are, I'm going to give you my authority, and it will increase with the amount of love and understanding that you you have and that you seek me for about a certain circumstance or relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been my journey. So that's my goal with our city service. So we... We'll do a little bit of a teaching and then hopefully every time have a time of soaking and just listening to the Holy Spirit. And then we have different locations in the city that we go out to and just pray um, into the land or into businesses or or schools or wherever the Lord um, sends us and wherever we have invitation. Yeah, it's so powerful too. I um, Even sitting, like I said earlier, sitting in the class for the first time and you were describing just what you basically what you just said, mm-hmm. explaining to us what to expect and, and what your heart for this city service was. I remember on the inside, I started like getting that feeling that feels like bubbles, mm-hmm. you know, um, and an excitement in my spirit. And I really felt like the Lord leaned in and whispered to me, this is what you were born to do. Mm-hmm. This is part of what you were born to do. Mm-hmm. And it just got me so excited. And I started remembering like all the times and um, all the different ways that people had prophesied over me or even in conversation said, you know, Carla, you're an atmosphere changer. Mm-hmm. And I always was like, you know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I had an idea, yeah. but to sit there when you were describing it, I was like, oh, this is what that means. Mm-hmm. That our words have power. Mm-hmm. You know, like it says in Hebrews mm-hmm. chapter four, you know, the word is alive. Mm-hmm. The words that we speak are living and active and they matter mm-hmm. and they do shift atmospheres mm-hmm. and shape things. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a really powerful experience for me to be intentional mm-hmm. and purposeful about not only what I pray, because I, I try to do that, and even the words that come out of my mouth in everyday conversation, mm-hmm. but to be intentional about where I'm praying and what I'm praying in partnership with the Father about that area. Like you said, the land, the city. Mm-hmm. Like for our listeners, even in your homes, mm-hmm. you can shift the atmosphere. You have authority to speak into what's going on in your home and shift the atmosphere mm-hmm. and walk in your God-given authority. Mm-hmm. Um, what you said reminds me of something I learned from 
Dan McCollum once at a conference, he said, you know, what if you were known on earth as you're known in heaven? What would that look like? Wow. And I've thought about it a lot when we go out to pray with our teens in your, in your class because I'm like, okay, I want to walk in my authority here mm-hmm. as a, I'm known in heaven. I want to do that right now. What does that look like mm-hmm. for this land here on earth and for this place that we're praying into? And it's just, it's been super powerful. Yeah. And I love the class so much. Um, you have so many testimonies, I know, of things that God's done. Um, if anything comes to your mind that you want to share, yeah. that would be awesome because... Yeah, I just think, you know, all of those, all these victories that we have, you know, I, it just feels like to me, it's all God's heart. It's always His heart to redeem relationships. And, you know, when we talk about land or we talk about cities or we talk about people or family members or, you know, it's it's all based out of His heart to redeem and bring into relationship. Yeah. And so it's been so fun to break down so where's the disconnect here? Yeah. So where's the disconnect in this relationship? Where's the disconnect? So Father, how do you how do you want to bring your love into this situation to heal to heal it to bring the intimacy that you designed this relationship for? Um, and then with that comes increased power and authority. So I, I just I, it just excites me, and yeah. even even discovering um, the late John Paul Jackson said, you know we're the only creation part of creation that was made from the dust of the earth. Mm. And he said, you know, could it be that there's more of a relationship between us and the land than we've yet discovered? And I'm like, Oh, that's exactly it. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what I'm experiencing. Why is it when I go to some countries or if I go to some house or some business, I feel threatened. Like, I feel like you're not welcome here. And, and I've discovered that actually land has memory of things that have happened in the past. Wow. And places have memory. And you know that because you go to some people's homes and you're like, I just want to curl up and take a nap here. I feel so loved and I feel so comfortable and cozy. So peaceful. Yeah. And then other people's homes, you're like, Oh, I feel like I have to be in my best behavior. I'm a little afraid to say something wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a direct result of the people that live in the house and even things that have happened in the past, they actually take root because even when God called out to Cain, he says, where's your brother? Yeah. He's like, how am I supposed to know? He said, well, his blood is calling out to me from the earth. That's so wild to me to think about. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. crazy. So Henry Groover is a man um, who started prayer walking in 1963 and he came to my city of Louisville, um, Kentucky when I lived there for a while and he just shared with us his testimonies about walking the earth and praying and healing, healing land, healing, mm-hmm. remitting sins is what he called it. So, you know, the word says, John twenty twenty three that whoever you forgive, I'll forgive. And, you know, when there's unforgiveness in the ground, it actually needs to be what Henry would say, remitted. Like, wow. we're the ones. He's given us the authority to forgive. He's like, if you forgive them, I'll forgive them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, he just started practicing. And he was with these businessmen one, one time, he says, and um, they were they were kind of questioning him, like, so really did this happen? You know, you pray and then things get healed. And he was like, yeah. And he, the Lord showed him a place. This was in, I think, the, oh, I want to say 40s or 50s. And he said, oh, yeah, get up, go turn around and get off the highway there and go back to this place. And so they go back to this dance hall. 
and way, 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 way back and, and off the road. And it was illegal at that time to have dance halls. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so he takes them back there and he goes, okay, let's get out. And, and I'm just going to ask the Lord what happened here. Why is there permission to have this kind of, you know, an unholy place right here? And so the Holy Spirit took him back to um, the days where there was a covered wagon coming with the family. And there was a battle in Native Americans, you know, that killed the family. And um, a certain situation happened. And so he just went back into that situation and asked forgiveness of wow. a little girl that was, you know, her life was taken. And then released forgiveness to the Native Americans that took it. They were just trying to protect their land, but it was a battle, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and he, then he healed and blessed the land and said, Lord, what do you want me to prophesy? What was the original intent here? Prophesied into the land. Mm-hmm. And he told, and then he was done. He told the businessman what he saw and what he did. And he goes, you'll see the next time you go through here, this place will be shut down. Oh and they came back through and sure enough, it was shut down. Wow. So when we heal the land, we take away the authority for the enemy to be there. Yeah. It's so powerful. And I think sometimes we, we just forget the authority that God's given us and, and really how he expects us to walk in that authority, like you said, and how powerful it is when we do, Yeah, you know, and that Holy Spirit wants to partner with us even and show us like he showed the guy that you were talking about exactly what happened there and how to pray. Yeah, You know, it's not like something we just have to wing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lord will be really specific on, mm-hmm. on what to do and how to do it. My personal example, another example from being in your class is one of our, early assignments was to go up, um, you know, the car fire for our listeners that don't know the car fire had come through this area here in Reading and so many people lost their homes and there was even some loss of life. And, um, it was just really obviously very tough situation, but we, you assigned us to go up some of the teams to go up and pray over the land that had been burned in the neighborhoods that had been affected by that. And even as we were driving, to this kind of like bleak situation, I started feeling hope welling up inside of me and even joy. And I, as I was praying and asking the Lord, how do you want us to pray over the land? How do you want us to pray into the atmosphere? And so just to put it in like practical terms for our listeners, I was literally just praying and asking the Lord, what do you want to do today? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to release? What do you want me to pray? Mm-hmm. And I was just overwhelmed with joy mm-hmm. And hope. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that that's what he wanted to release. Mm-hmm. And so as we're driving, it was raining out and, and kind of a like dreary day as we were driving through the neighborhoods there that had been affected. We were all just kind of taking turns, praying out loud. And I was just saying, Lord, I just release hope into this and um, neighborhood and also, you know, fresh joy for all the people that went through mm-hmm. um, such devastation and loss here. And just praying different things out loud. And then all of a sudden we went around this curve in the road and it kind of opened up and it was like foothills, you know, and just open and you could, you could see, um, the burned area really clearly. And the Lord's like, get out here and pray outside in, in the actual air. So I was like, um, excuse me, can you pull over? And I was so like, cause I didn't know anybody yet really. It was early on in the year. And so I had to like ask the driver to pull over and I was like, I know you think I'm a weirdo, but I have to get out here. She's like, well, it's raining. And I'm like, I know. So I just, I jumped out and the Lord's like, release new life, release Mm -hmm. new life into this atmosphere, into the land Mm -hmm. and into this whole area. And so I just stood there for like 30 seconds and Mm -hmm. did that. Mm -hmm. And right when I finished and it's pouring rain, all of a sudden there was a bird in the tree behind me and it just started singing. 
in the rain, just like going crazy. And I was like, Lord, that is so awesome. I just felt like it was a sign from him that he was bringing new life and that that's what he wanted to do. And so that's kind of one, just one of the things that's happened with me. That reminds me of Romans 8 where it talks about that all of creation is longing for the sons of man to be fully manifest. Mm -hmm. Like creation, they don't house glory. Yeah. We house the glory of the Lord. We house his presence, his love. And they actually, they get to experience the glory through us. And so, so cool. it's like the bird was just saying, thank you for, for believing that. And I remember this one time talking about declarations and then knowing who you are and, and even nature responding. I remember I had for a period of time just declared, just, just made this whole case against myself that I was a horrible mom. Mm-hmm. You know, you said I have four kids and, and I would compare myself to all these other moms and be like, oh my gosh, I am such a failure. Look, that mom does all this like exercise stuff with their kids. This one does all this art stuff. This one, you know, takes them on all these different, you know, adventures and trips and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't do any of that. Like, and I, I was fully convinced that I was a horrible mom. Wow. And it, you know, a lot of times these are subconscious thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm like literally writing things yeah. down. But it was what I was rehearsing in my mind. And sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. No, we don't. And so at one point the Lord said to me, he goes, Jill, I want you to say I'm a great mom. Mm. I was like, but I'm not. And he goes, I didn't ask you that question. Because I told you to say I'm a great mom. And you know sometimes he wasn't angry, but he was adamant. Being firm with you. He was firm. But I felt loved and I was little, you know, it's like the fear of the Lord comes Mm -hmm. on like, I have to do this, but I want to do it, but I don't want to do it too loud. I was thinking, cause I don't want anybody to hear me. And so I just started saying it. I'm a great mom. I'm a great mom. I'm a great mom. And something started to change in me. Really? I could feel the change. Um, I didn't change anything that I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't do more arts and crafts. <laughs> my kids more places. I just started saying, I'm a great mom. I'm a great mom. And he started whispering to me, you love your kids. Well, they feel really loved. They feel very safe with Wow. And showing me how I loved my kids well. And he goes, mm-hmm. that's what you're called to do is love your kids. And so I just kept saying it. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't change anything that I was doing physically, but everything changed. Yeah. Like literally one of my kids woke up and was like, mom, you're such a great mom. I'm so glad you're my mom. Oh, wow. I almost fell out of my chair. I'm like, it's like, <laughs> a, it's like a proverb. It's happening right in front of me. Yeah. How is this possible? And I even, this is this the funny part about animals, even my dog started responding to me differently. Really? I would walk in the door, and normally he would be happy to see people, but but he would come, and it was like he was sitting there looking at me, like, oh, could you just tell me what to do? You're home. You're oh. here, and I just want to be with you. And it's so funny, because when I, my friend had a cat, and we would have worship times at her house, and even the cat would go... And it would, we would know who was the most holy in the room because the cat would sit by the person. <laughs> we, would, we would just laugh about it. But, yeah, even it, nature really does respond. Mm-hmm. I took some of the students to my house. I didn't tell them it was my house, and I was having them pray. We get out. There are thousands of birds singing. I mean, it was uncanny. We're like, what in the world? That's so same so thing. awesome. Yeah, and we were blown away by the birds responding to us coming. I right? love that. Yeah. I love nature. Mm. I love all the animals. My husband, John, calls me Snow White. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, wherever we go, there's animals all around you. And I'm like, I love them so much. <laughs> um, 
I want to backtrack just a little bit. Before you realized what was going on with you, with your feelings, and like you said, how you would walk into place, and sometimes you would feel joy, or sometimes you would feel a little overwhelmed or even sad. Um, I know that that's been the case for me in the past. And when I've tried to share that with my friends, a lot of times, in the early years especially, um, when I first started realizing this was happening and I would share it, I felt like a weirdo, Mm -hmm. to be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, because they were like, what are you talking about? What do you mean you feel heavy? What do you mean your mood shifted? So like, what are you talking about? So like, what is your experience with Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. in the area of your friends and your, your relationships, understanding Mm -hmm. kind of what it is that the gift God's put inside of you and, Mm -hmm. and just how to help people that maybe feel this way or experiencing this and don't know how to explain it to people. Mm-hmm. And then also for people like my husband, who's like, I don't understand it, but I believe you. Right. Like maybe the family member that's like, help me understand what my friend is mm-hmm. experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it wasn't until I basically hit a wall and had an, an anxiety attack that I I actually started. It was like I had to figure out what, what was going on. Yeah. And the Lord just said to me, Jill, I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to memorize scripture. I don't want you to meditate on it. He said, I want you to take a bath in the truths that you read in my word. I want you to actually experience them until every cell of your body reverberates with the reality of that truth. Mm-hmm. Like you are loved. Deuteronomy thirty-three twelve says, um, oh, I'm, no, I'm forgetting it right now for a second. Deuteronomy thirty-three twelve: the beloved of the Lord shall rest secure in him, oh, for he that. shields him all day long. And the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. That's really and I would sit with that until it reverberated within me. And then I, it was like I felt, I was feeling strength come back to me mm-hmm. and a soundness come back to me. And it was so interesting because then I started realizing, hey, I'm, I'm seeing actually things around me um, not feel so unstable. Mm-hmm. Like my relationship with my family, my husband. So my husband is not, I would say, I, I want us to use the word feeler. Like he doesn't go into places and feel things. He's like, well, I don't feel anything. Right. You shouldn't feel that way. My husband was, either. Was the, was the first start of our yes. relationship. And then, you know, I hit the wall and he was like, okay, I believe you mm. because it's taken a toll on you. And I want to, I want to be a support to you. So what does that look like? Wow. So we walked through what did that, what that looked like for him to be a support. And it was so powerful. I bet. The, the shift that happened, one, the increase, when I felt love, I felt sound. Mm. And then the Lord started showing me, hey, this, this actually is a gift of discernment. Like you're, you're actually discerning that there's something not right yeah. going on here. And I've, I'm not letting you feel it because I want you to be tortured by those feelings. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm actually letting you experience it because I've given you power to change it. I've given you I've given you love and influence and authority to change what's happening. Mm. And you know, that's true because, you know, somebody will come into a place and they're like happy and confident and it's like the whole mood shifts in the atmosphere. So it's, and the same thing happened when Jesus walked this earth. People were like, I don't know why, but I got to follow this man. What is it? Yes. There's something happening. I can, there's something coming off of him that I just want to be around. And the more our, our affection is, um, enraptured with who he is Mm -hmm. and not only who he is but who he is to me personally and that was the shift that happened in me it wasn't that just that God loved me it was that oh God loves me yeah 
and and I can actually experience that that you've created me me to actually experience it. That's why he gave me feelings. So good. And so as I experienced that and received that from him, I started naturally seeing things change around me. Mm-hmm. You know, even people responding to me differently, them being affected. Oh, I feel so much peace. I feel so much love for me. I'm like, oh, it's overflowing. Yeah. This is what it's supposed to look like. And so then he started saying, teach me about my authority and the power of my words and declarations. And I would pray things and things would change. And I'm like, wow. But it was a direct result of the love that I felt right. from him and the permission that I felt from him. The way you experienced him personally. Yeah. Chris Valentin said once, um, and I have it stuck on my mirror at home to this mm-hmm. day because it impacted me so much. He said, whoever Jesus is to you mm-hmm. is who Jesus will be through you. Mm-hmm. And that just like hit my heart in such a powerful way. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how you experience him mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. And like you said, moving out of that overflow mm-hmm. and sharing his love with others. I love the way that um, you teach and... Um, it's so, like what you just did for us there, breaking it down in such a practical way, I think is so needed mm-hmm. in the body and even outside the church, which yeah. is also my passion so much mm-hmm. for for people that um, maybe you don't get to sit in church every week and maybe, especially for people that aren't in our Bethel atmosphere mm-hmm. and don't have this constant influx of information and, and stuff like that, what you just did is such a practical explanation of how to operate in that and what it looks like and how to experience that. So thank you for sharing that because I know that's something that's going to be really powerful for our listeners. Um, Another thing I wanted to ask you about is you told us, you shared with us a story. um, I believe it was on offense Mm -hmm. and and forgiveness. And to me, like I wouldn't even think about that being in our shaping the culture through the prophetic class. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, where are we going to go pray and pray for the land today or pray for, pray for the atmosphere. But you shared a story that was super impactful to me for many reasons. And I would love it if you would, um, share that yeah. story with our listeners mm-hmm. today. Yeah. It reminds me of just what so many of our mothers and fathers have, have said most recently, you know, just that you have authority over situations that where you love. Mm-hmm. And when you don't love, you don't have authority. And Danny Silk says, you know, that scripture that talks about, um, above all else, guard your heart. Mm-hmm. And he expounded, you know, guarding your heart doesn't look like protecting your heart. It means guarding your heart against turning it off from love. Yeah, that's so So good. when you have an offense against somebody, when you're hurt by somebody, the natural response in our soul is self-protection. Yep. Um, but the Lord calls us to himself, right? Because he says, you know, I, I don't want you to hold anything against anybody. So I don't have to hold anything against you. Yeah. I don't want this love relationship to be to be freely cycling through your system all the time for everybody. And so I was like, you know, being such a feeler, being hurt by people, and then having to forgive them was terrifying to me. Mm. Because it made me feel like a victim. Oh, wow. And so he had to teach me. Um, through hard situations, which I think most of us learn the most through hard situations, um, what it looked like to forgive somebody. So, um, you know, like I said, I learned through my mistakes. And in this situation, I was in a ministry, and I was really young, um, 19 or 20, and I was new to this this side of town. Like, I grew up on one side of town doing this ministry, and I moved to the other side of town. 
to share my wealth of information and yeah. blessing as a 19, 20 year old who knew a lot yeah. and um, was in a situation where definitely something wasn't right. Mm. Um, this, this gentleman was, I, I don't believe he, it wasn't, he had a pure heart yeah. to hit, hit the best ability of his, his experience. But I felt like I was so concerned because I felt like he was being inappropriate. He was being way too close with the girls, way too cuddly with these girls. He was in college and they were in high school, okay. and I, I was just really concerned. Yeah. And so I said something. To but, him? To him. Okay. And I said, this is just not right. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, and the problem was is I didn't have enough relationship with him. Mm. And I didn't pursue relationship. Um, I didn't give it time. Mm-hmm. I just said, hey, this is really wrong. And I wasn't wrong, and I didn't even say it meanly, you know, in a mean way. Yeah. But he immediately got defensive mm. and shut me out. And over, I mean, over a very short amount of time, I was cut out of every decision. And the last straw for me was driving 45 minutes to um, this place where we were going to have our team meeting to decide what we were going to do that week. Mm-hmm. And I show up 45, after a 45-minute drive, and he goes, oh, we already had the meeting. Him and all the other leaders and high school students came out of it. Wow. We already had our meeting, and yeah, you're going to do this. And um, yeah, we'll see you Monday. So you really were cut out. I was devastated at this wow. point. I'm like, I felt, I've never felt so alone. You know, when you're like, I'm alone in the world. Yeah. Everybody else, like, you know, in your mind's eye goes way, way far away and you're just alone. And yeah. I, I just kind of, I just said, okay. And I drove away and I just started sobbing, mm-hmm. sobbing, sobbing. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And he just so gently came in the car and he said, Jill, he said, I want you to love him, and I want you to bless him. I want you to pray blessing on his relationship with his parents, his siblings, his friends, his co-leaders, wow. his um, his relationship with me, bless his quiet times. And he said, and, and at the group meeting that you have with all the other leaders in the city, he said, I, I want you every week to look for something that he did well, and I want you to say it out loud to the rest of the group. Man, that is so hard, because, I mean... So many times when we're in situations like that, to honor the person that we're offended by or yeah. hurt by uh-huh. is like countercultural. Yeah. It's so hard. I I had to come to an end of myself, though, and I literally was like, I couldn't leave the girls. Normally, I'm just like, well, I guess I'm I'm cut off here. Yeah. I'll just move on. I'm out. This got hard. I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit, I could not leave I because I loved these girls, and I had made a commitment. I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I have, I'm desperate. I don't know what to do. And so it wasn't necessarily hard. Like, the grace was there. Because mm-hmm. I really was like, I'm yours. Just just tell me what to do. And he doesn't always tell us what to do like that, but he did this time, you know. Yeah. And so I did that. And literally within two months, everything changed. He came to me. He said he was sorry. He confessed it, it was wrong. He saw now that it was wrong. Wow. And then he wouldn't do it anymore. Um, he, we'd go out to eat and he'd pay for my food. He let me use his car. He just treated me like a, like a younger sister. Talk about a complete turnaround, man. I mean, and we took 35 kids to camp that summer. All of them got radically saved. And the other leaders from the other cities came to us and they're like, what is this love that you guys have for one another? Mm. It was the most radical transformation I had ever seen in the Lord's like this is a precedent for you yeah this is what it looks like yeah and you know being effective in prayer you can't be offended with people 
mm-hmm. and and take up offense for other people. Yes, it feels party holy. Listen, it feels holy. Right? I have done that so many times. I've been offended because of something that happened to one of my other friends, and it is hard to shake that. To me, that third-party offense is harder to shake than your own personal offense because you feel so justified in your offense because you're protecting your friend or your family member. You know, even, like, as a mom having kids in school and your kid gets hurt at school, you get a third-party offense Uh towards the teacher, towards Uh the instructor, or even towards another student. Mm -hmm. And it's like, the Lord's like, no, babe, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but that's not mama bear. Mm -hmm. That's not you being nurturing of your child. That's you being offended. Yeah. And it's not okay. Yeah. And it keeps keeps them powerless. Uh, It doesn't empower them to connect with the Lord, to get victory themselves. Because they feel comforted by our love yes. instead of the Lord's love. Oh, that's so good, Jill. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's almost painful. It's so mm-hmm. good. You know, when something convicts you and it hits you yeah. right where it hurts. You're like, oh, Lord Jesus, you're talking to me right now. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that story is so powerful for many reasons. Like I said, I just, I love the way you handled yourself from the beginning. You didn't blow your top at that meeting that you were cut out of, especially after you had driven. Again, you were justified Mm -hmm. to be offended, and you were justified to lose your cool and speak your mind and Mm -hmm. get all those things. But I love that instead you took it to the Lord, Mm -hmm. and when he told you what to do, Mm -hmm. you were quick to obey, even though it was Mm countercultural, even though... um, was it logical? Yeah, inside yourself, you're probably like, mm-hmm. I don't want to. That's the opposite of what I want to do right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, that's the Lord's. Again, it goes back to that upside down kingdom that we always talk about that Jesus mm-hmm. teaches us about. And um, man, you love know, well. it, you know what it makes me think too is just the importance of loving ourselves well. Mm. Because what would we want somebody to do for us in that situation if we were blinded to something that we were doing? Yeah, and and. It would mean success or failure in our future ministry. And I wonder how many times that does happen to us yes. that we're not even aware um, of. Mm-hmm. And somebody just loves us no matter what. But even loving yourself that way and being gentle and tender with yourself when you make mistakes mm-hmm. is really powerful. Um, and the Lord just said to me, you know, who whose do you think you are that you can talk to yourself that way? Oh, I've been going through this thing, and my husband wouldn't be mad if I told this at all. He's given me free reign to share whatever. We're kind of an open book after everything we've been through over the years. But he is like, um, he's awesome, but we're very different. And um, I know our friend Leslie knows about this because I've asked her to pray for me about it. Um, Leslie's hanging out here with us today. Um, But I just, I've been going through this hard time with him. And I know it's because God's doing stuff in me while I'm out here and while in California and John's back home in Colorado. And that's so hard on a marriage. First of all, um, we've been married. We'll be celebrating 19 years next month in just a couple of weeks, actually. And so we've been through all kinds of stuff, but God's been dealing with me about stuff. And I know that's another reason I'm out here is, is to get healed up and also to grow, you know, stronger as a daughter and, um, as a wife. And so we've been just going through some hard stuff. And I know that, um, what you said about loving ourselves Well, even when we're having our time, so getting in an argument when we're far apart, believe it or not, is way worse than getting in an argument when you're together yes. in the same yeah. city and in the same home, because I feel like, you know, I want to run and 
and make it right and talk it out. And I'm in class and he's at work and that just can't happen until later that night. And so I'm letting all this stuff just bubble inside of me that I want to work out with him. And I'm also seeing, I feel like it's really spotlighted to me because maybe because I'm here alone and what God's doing, but everything I'm doing wrong in our relationship is really, I feel like I can see it. I can feel it. I'm hyper aware of it and I want it to be fixed. I want to get better. I want the Lord to show me, you know, how I can be a better wife in person. And I was having a particularly tough time last week. Like I was in class and I could not stop crying. Mm-hmm. And Dan Fairley, our Bible teacher, was teaching on something really powerful, but I could not engage mm-hmm. because it was that kind of crying that you're like, I don't even know why I'm crying. <laughs> like I'm not even thinking about anything, but but I knew that the Lord was internally dealing mm-hmm. with me about something. And so I just felt like the Lord kept saying, wait for worship, wait for worship, because we have worship every day at school. So after um, Pastor Dan finished, they started worship. And as soon as worship started, it's like my heart just really broke open, to be honest with you. And I just started weeping, like the kind of sobbing. I was so glad the music was loud. I'm so <laughs> glad that they had turned the lights down in the auditorium a lot because I was just, and it felt like I was crying over years of pain and heartache that that I had caused myself and even things that had been done to me. And, and then just disappointments in marriage that, you know, we all go through. If you've been married long enough, mm-hmm. well, it's nobody's fault. It's just things. Mm-hmm. And I was just giving, I just felt like the Lord's like, give all those pains, give all those disappointments, give all that sorrow to me. Mm-hmm. Don't stuff it. Don't hold it in. Don't deny that it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, let it out. And I just kept saying, you know, just fix it, God, just fix it, you know, just heal me, make me better, you know, show me what I need to do. And right in that moment, I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to me, my grace is sufficient and it is not something that you have to do. You need to have more grace for yourself. Like you said yes to me a long time ago to do this stuff on the inside of you. And he's like, I'm doing it. Just rest in that. And it was like you said, it was loving myself well. Mm-hmm. And that was at the end of the week, last week, this just happened. Mm-hmm. And so this weekend I was home alone. I canceled some, uh, get togethers that I had. So, cause I felt like the Lord really wanted to, whatever he started in worship, I wanted him to finish it, mm-hmm. you know, and I wanted to partner with him for my breakthrough and my healing. And I was like sitting at home, like clenched my fist, like, okay, Lord, I'm here. I put all my social media away. It's quiet. I'm home alone in my apartment. You know, just do what you want to do. Just deal with me. And it was just completely silent. And that went on all day. And finally that night I was like, Lord, you're not talking to me at all. And he's like, it's because I'm not, I'm not talking about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I did what I needed to do and that is over. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you need to have more grace for yourself mm-hmm. and stop like focusing on everything that you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. When something's going on, I'll point it out to you. We'll deal with it and we'll move yeah, on. Right. And that's what he did for me that day so during beautiful. worship. And so that's what it reminded me of. And, and that's just so powerful to, to hear you say to love ourselves well and to see that as an example, mm-hmm. even in your story with that guy and then yeah. what God was doing in you. I think it's such an important truth to just that you explain. Sometimes when God's silent, it's just because he's okay with us. Yes. If he has something to say, he'll say it. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think he deals with us the way that we deal with ourselves. And he's really yeah. trying to teach us. You know, he hit me one day, Psalms 23, 3, he restores my soul. And I, it was like I had an epiphany in that moment. <gasps> he goes, yep, Jill. He said, you abuse your soul. Mm-hmm. You tell it to shut up, sit down, stop getting in the way. And he said, I never speak to you that way. Wow. And I don't want you to anymore. 
And he started showing me how my soul was like a child and my spirit was to be the parent. And that I had had this understanding that my soul and spirit were like siblings. Mm-hmm. And whoever I fed that day, whoever, if I read my Bible and prayed and worshipped and loved people, then my spirit was winning. And if I watched TV and ate chocolate chip ice cream, <laughs> whatever, yeah, watch movie, you know, then my soul was winning and God wasn't pleased with me. Mm-hmm. He was like, you have it all wrong. Like you, I'm never disappointed in you. I just have excitement and anticipation for all the times that you're going to get to understand how great I am, how much I love you. And when you want to work on something, it just makes me happy. But the being kind to yourself and recognizing that your soul is so honored by God. He loves your body. He loves your soul. And he loves your spirit. All of them. Yeah, he created it all. Yep. And to actually give yourself a break and love yourself like a parent would a child. Yeah. Instead of beat yourself up. Because he just doesn't, he doesn't parent like well, and um, even as we were talking, um, Leslie even mentioned before we started recording, and she reminded us something really powerful, and it goes along with this, about your feelings are not the driver. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of, even what was going on with me that day is I was, I was so overwhelmed with all this pain that I was feeling, and I knew God wanted to address it, but I was trying to lead with it when he was already done with it. I was trying to let it drive my whole weekend, really. Mm-hmm. And how it's responding to myself. Yeah. And that's not what the Lord was doing. And what if your verbiage with yourself was like, okay, soul, you need to get this out. I can see that. Go ahead. Mm. Just let it out. Just let it out, girl, because it's not supposed to be in there. It's garbage that needs to be taken out. So just give it to him because he can handle it. It's okay. So like, what if you talk to yourself that way? Yeah. It's just, I think he's just like, can you just parent like I do? Can you just parent yourself like I do? Mm. Yeah. And then it actually increases our ability to love and have grace for other people, too. So good. Mm -hmm. Well, our time is up. So I was wondering, before we close, Mm -hmm. if you would just pray for our listeners, however the Lord leads, and then I'll close this up. Sounds good. Yeah, Father, we just um, say that we love you so much, God. We love the way that you love us. We love the way that you parent us and how kind you are. Um, to us as your kids, Lord, and how present you are with us all the time, whether you're speaking or not. (laughs) And Lord, I just thank you for the listeners, God, that are tuning in today. Father, how you're setting them in your lap today and drawing them close, God, and speaking to them individually what you want to say to them. And God, Father, we just ask that this would be a defining moment for them that grace would so impact who they are, that they're forever changed, that they can lead and lead from love, be filled with love, and actually demonstrate to those around them what love really looks like and change atmospheres, heal land, heal homes, restore relationships, God, what you're all about. So we just bless our listeners today, God. We bless them, Father, and we pray that you would be manifest, that you be glorified in and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Jill. Yeah, thanks this for is going to help a lot of people, and I appreciate I you so. doing this. I'm really excited to hear um, some testimonies about how this has helped people. You guys can um, email us at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com and let us know how this ministered to you. That would be so encouraging. And thank you for tuning in again this week to the podcast. And remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus.